Yeah. Yeah. So I was out last week with. Uh, you were. Either it was. I mean, it could have been a cold, but more than likely, it was a severe allergy situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, weed is pollinating right now, or whatever. So. Uh, it got bad enough where Kayla was like, yeah, yeah you're going to see a doctor. Uh, and Damn. I have I have intense um, doctor fears, obviously. I'm hypochondriac, uh-huh. and that's a huge problem for me. So she was like, I'm setting you up an appointment at the nearby clinic. And I was like, okay. And then she's like, hey, they have a telemedicine like appointment. You can just do it over that. Is that more comfortable for you? I was like, yeah, okay. Of course, I was like, eh, eh, like the whole time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then she was like, okay. You have an appointment here at like three o'clock or whatever. Uh, I was still working and I worked through all of it, um, but yeah, struggled. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, I just went through that and got like a Z pack or whatever, and that helped me through it. So I'm back, and I'm still dealing with allergies, but you know, huge improvement. Feeling good enough to talk a little bit. Yeah, I had to reschedule um, written and directed by as well. It was like, oh man. Yeah, it was a twofer. So, gotcha, 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 man. Yeah, things have been bad all over, Lex. I know that you Texans are used to extremely hot weather, but you know Chicago is famous for being the windy city, and mm-hmm. not just for our ample amount of Wendy's, uh, Dave's famous burger locations. No, mm. uh, I'm talking about the fact that it's nice and cool usually, especially by the lake. And as someone who lives by the lake, I'm here to tell you. It is currently 109 degrees. It's not fun. hundred. Wait, not it's fun. actually 109? Well, it was 109 earlier today. Now it's calmed down a little bit, but it's still substantially hot in this place. Like the, the thermostat, even though okay, we set it to 72. It, feel like, <laughs> it, oh, it feels like that much or it actually hit that much? It hit 100, and, 100 what did I say? 105? 105. Oh, well, I must have elaborated, uh, exaggerated a little bit. 105 is what it read in the car today. The mm-hmm. real feel that they were touting was 115, which, God. <laughs> That's been, climate, uh, oh, it's been all summer climate change. here. Climate change is real, yo. Rough. Yeah. It's real, yeah. I live here for seasons, but one of those seasons shouldn't be hell. Anyway, no, yeah. Like I said, it's been weird. So one of my coworkers, around the same time you got sick, um, mm-hmm. I would have had to reschedule anyway because work was kicking my ass. Because one of my coworkers, uh, they they had a, they had a family member, um, you know, uh, pass away. It's understandable. I, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's nothing I can complain about because they do the same for me, and it's not often that I get to say something positive about my workplace. But I know that. You know, if something like that happened, they would definitely, you know, move move heaven and earth to make sure I was yeah. covered. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted to do the same. Um, and that included uh, sacrificing some vacation time. But, you know, we'll recoup that later on. And then, and then the coup de grace. Um, yeah, my street kind of blew up. And by blew yeah. up, I mean a, a water main burst. Those of you who, who follow me on social media, and just get annoying texts from me all day anyway. Uh, you may have seen me send you a picture of a streetwide ditch in the middle of my block with mm-hmm. a man in it. And to, to give example of how deep this ditch was, the man was standing up and he was completely in the ditch. 
Yeah, he was hurting the the Red Sea there. Like it was real. It was a real scary sitch. When I drove up to the block, once all the trucks and, and, and shovels left, I just saw ladders sticking out of the road. I'm like, this this doesn't look right still. I don't think I can drive over that. And sure enough, yeah, it was an obstacle course getting here. So yeah, life uh life's been active. Active. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a crazy <laughs> one. I didn't Man. even come into this episode prepared. I was like, we're just going with the flow. Yeah. Just enjoying the company. Well, the Lex from two weeks ago did make some notes, so we got that going for us. That's that's good. That's good. That's true. We do have that. We do have that. So thank you, past Lex, for that. Yeah. Um, you have something in here called Planet of the Bass. What's that about? Bass. Planet of Bass. Oh, Planet of, of the that Bass. Song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, they released a music video for it. Like, they got a quick turnaround time with that, which I was, like, incredibly impressed by. And releasing the full song and music video somehow made it even better, which shocked me. Um, Did you get onto this TikTok phenomenon? Did you get into this? Because I fucking love that song. I got nothing. I got nothing. What What is Planet of the Bass? Wait, you haven't seen it at all? I haven't seen anything about this. No, <gasps> I'm so hold on. I'm sending it. I'm sending it. I'm so excited. We're literally going to listen to you. Okay. Planet of base. You're going to watch base. This is, I'm so excited. Get ready. Meanwhile, shout out to uh, Warner music for actually delivering their vinyl records. They actually sent them out, even Ooh, though I nice. ordered them months ago. It's always good to get post that contains vinyl records. Thank you very much to Warner Music. What is this? This looks like something from like the early 2000s. Exactly. Exactly. These are crazy times. Yeah. Wow. Is I this from like... Know, um, I, I uh-huh. want you to know that this that he's a comedian. Okay. He did, he did a quick TikTok with this girl. She's not actually uh-huh. singing. Oh, okay. All right. So this is, that's actually traditional for these type of dance music tracks. They always get a a woman, a stunt double. Yeah. She's not actually singing. She's Uh also a TikTok comedian and influencer and everything like that. Um, He made like two more videos, TikToks specifically, (laughs) that, so the first one was just a TikTok and then people were like, oh my God, this is amazing. Then he made a second one with a different girl. He made a third one with another girl and then they made the official music video with the original girl and she is wow. the original girl. Then okay. the day that this premiered, they went and the Jonas Brothers had them perform in front of like a hundred thousand people. Wow. Wow. So yeah. the Jonas Brothers are back together too. This is just full of yeah. surprises this day. Yeah. So this absolutely looks like a Spice Girls era music yes. video. And I mean, yeah, it's pitch perfect for that era. The song is also really good. Like it's really, it's really catchy. It's late Mm -hmm. in the game song of the summer. I think personally. (laughs) Lex, have you, have you ever watched Eurovision? Have you, have you sat through any of that yet? Right. So it's, and, and people who come from that region who have that accent are like, how did he get the accent? So perfect. (laughs) Like it's perfect. (laughs) Wow. 
he turned the rhythm dial to sex. Yes. That's what he's about. Okay. All right. Yeah. Now he he's an angel and she's the Virgin Mary, but yeah. Okay. Wow, this is this is a sight. Okay. So for yes, anyone who doesn't Beast. know this, we can post it in the Discord. Yeah, yeah. Kyle Gordon is DJ Crazy Times and yes. Miss Biljana Electronica, apparently. Yeah. This is perfect. Like this is perfect timing for this sort of thing because you know it's like you said, it's that that dumb summer song that's just goofy. And it it it's very reminiscent of Aqua with Barbie and Girl as well. So the timing is just Yeah, perfect. and apparently he's had this character for years. Like he's been doing this character <laughs> as one of his his bits or whatever for years. And he just threw this original TikTok out there. I'll find the original, I'll send it to you on TikTok. But he just threw this out there and <laughs> They went into, there's like apparently like a building near the World Trade Center that's like a mall type of thing, but it looks futuristic. And they went and <laughs> shot in there, but they didn't have permission. So they got kicked out. Like, so the it's, it's just, and then all of a sudden they're like, people are like, we want the full song. We want, and he's like, full song and music video coming up. They produced that <laughs> in like less than two weeks. That video, wow. they got that out that quickly. Man. Okay. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. No notes. Good stuff. It's going to be stuck <laughs> in your head for days. Well, shit. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. Anyway, well, I was going to ask you what you thought of it. I didn't expect yeah. you to not know what it was. That's, that's also very fascinating because that means we are on two totally different sides of TikTok. See, and again, it's beneficial to have a, a TikTok buddy. Like yeah. we have each other so we can share videos from the other side with one another and yeah. see what's going on on that other side of TikTok. Yeah. Cause like my TikTok now is 90% people uh, for some reason it's like, okay, do you remember that episode of Abbott elementary mm-hmm. where uh, the principal had a, a live stream where she was selling her wardrobe during school hours? Yes. It's that every live yes. I come across it's, it's somebody doing that now. Like they, yeah, yeah, like they got yeah, the no, idea same. from Abbott. I don't. I don't. No, no, it. no. That's same. I I think because TikTok has launched a shop, they mm-hmm. are pushing anything selling to the top of your queue. I think they're yeah. fucking the algorithm to to make their store seem viable. Man, I, I got to tell you something. Uh, I did sad see you about get, that. like a fucking PS Five for like four hundred dollars or whatever, like a heavy yeah. discount because of it. But anyway. I don't trust that shit. And I'll tell you why. And this is kind of sad. Like, mm. I, I think I've mentioned on here before, like, I follow the guy that created the original Bop It on mm-hmm. TikTok. Mm-hmm. And he's really interesting because he totally understands, like, this is his greatest invention. Mm-hmm. And everything else is, like, derivative of that or it's only going to be second best. And mm-hmm. he completely understands. Like, he came up with a with a one-button Bop It. Yeah. Where it's literally just the easy button and it just says Bop It every time. And you just push the button. So that's, that's funny. Yeah. He gets it, but he came up with this brilliant idea because he noticed that like a lot of kids were playing with those, um, those little Silicon mats that have like mm-hmm. the bubbles on there yeah. that you can pop and repop pop things. Yeah. Yeah. So he came up with an idea where he, he'd make a handheld light up game where different bubbles would light up, you press them, and then you push this huge button on the back to reset the field. Mm-hmm. And every time you do that, it clocks how many you press and then you start over and Kinda you, like you see how, yeah, kind of like Simon, exactly. So you see how, how high a score you can get. 
And I got one of these because I thought it was a brilliant fucking idea. And let me tell you, it is addictive. But then months later, I kept seeing these lookalikes pop up Mm -hmm. on TikTok. And it seems like, you know, he probably made them in a factory. He had them produced in a factory overseas because it was big enough that they sold them at Target, you know? Um, And I see these things pop up all the time now. Like somebody is live streaming themselves playing one of these. It's a little bit different, but it's the same mold, basically. Yeah. I don't think he's getting any money for that. Yeah. That's um, that's something that was a situation with my dad's company. I know that they, Uh, they dealt with things like that. Like. Mm-hmm. You have to be very careful what you send over, <laughs> but at the same time, how else are you going to get manufactured on a mass level at the prices that they do? You know, yeah. it's, it's one of those things. That's why, like, I I know that like it's you know sometimes it could be a joke or whatever, but like I really do value and think it's worth paying for things that are made in America or I'm you know tell you, made um, in a sustainable situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. If you can buy American, continue to buy American because you want to support, you know, the real hardworking people that came up with the idea that produced the product. Obviously, you know, you want to support um, ethical as much as you can in general. I mean, it also um, doesn't have to be American. Like you can buy something made in like Canada or whatever, but like it's it's probably going to be from a better resource, you know, like a more ethical, hopefully, situation. Yeah. I don't know. And of course, we're, we're speaking to Americans in that aspect, you know, because we do have listeners overseas. So, you know, it buy local basically is what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah. If you can help it. Yeah. If you can help it. I mean, it's it's something that I, I don't talk about on the show that much because it will bore our listeners to tears. You know, I've, I've started referring to these type of things as Colin Robinson conversations when I talk to Dee. <laughs> uh, like I can go on forever about it. And I know the person I'm talking to has tuned out, but I need to info dump. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's about Transformers. It's about action figures in general. Yeah, um, you've trans- been real into action figures lately, I've noticed. Exactly. You've been about it more, for sure. And I don't, I don't talk about it on the show at all, which is, should, which is funny. You should talk to Eric Crosby a lot about that. I should. I should. It's he, intimidating, he though, work. because he's a, he's a flipper. He gets it. He, he knows the ins and outs of the business. You know, he goes hunting on the weekends yes. and stuff. Yes, yeah. this is true, but he also is a not obnoxious about it. Like he will like I I went out hunting figures with him and there were things that I wanted and he would be like, "Yeah, that's not really my thing." But he would be like, "Okay, cool," and he'd help me find stuff. So, mm-hmm. he's he's really cool about it. Like you're not going to have issues, you know. I don't go to as many conventions as I used to uh, mm-hmm. a few years ago just because of the world as it is now. Yeah. But that I used to be one of my favorite things was like walking around the convention floor, Agreed. seeing a figure that I wanted to get and then being like, okay, let me see if I can find it for a cheaper price or let me see how long I can wait uh, maybe until like the last day and then haggle. Oh, exactly, yeah. Trying to get them to sell it Eric for a little price. Eric was not good at haggling, so I used to haggle for him too. And I loved That's great. It. You're the closer. You come in. Yeah. <laughs> I go, shit, it's less. Especially, especially, and nowadays too, like, I don't know if it's post-COVID, you know, if this is, but like, man, if you had cash, cash mm. was king. You I could, see. you could haggle the shit. If something is, you know, 30 bucks, but you've got 20 cash, they're not going to have yeah. to pay a fee on that. And uh. if they're sketch, they don't have to tell anyone that they even made it. 
And <laughs> like, they're always you know? sketch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah of course. <laughs> and I a mean, lot of them are. Know. Yeah. They're really sketch. Some, yeah. not all, but you know, so they're, so this, they're real t- so tying it, tying it back into my original point. Basically I was going to say like the transformers toy line has gotten progressively expensive over okay. the years. Right. Yeah. So right now I'm looking at a, an Optimus prime, that's still in the box, but it's not the Optimus Prime that turns into a truck. It's one that turns into a PlayStation One, and I got this because what? I knew that it was a very limited market. Wait, I want to see it. Was, I'm going to send you a picture of it, right? Okay, so good. they came out with this, and then they came out with a Megatron that turned into a Sega Master System, right? So <laughs> that's all fine and good, but the thing is, these things are usually so expensive, and you know, you want to splurge on one or something like that. And it's like, all right, that's fine. But if you want to collect, there's another side pocket of a market called the knockoff market, which basically Ooh. is the factories that produce these figures. They still have the molds. They still have the designs for the boxes. So they'll make the full run and then they'll continue making the run and sell it for a substantially deep discount. Like there's no difference whatsoever. I am interested in the substantially deep discount era of mm-hmm. toys. Anyway, continue. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's an ethical gray area because you know that you're being upcharged by, you know, the license basically for the Transformers mm-hmm. action figures. But then yeah. you also have to consider, like, there's a lot of intricate moving pieces. See, now I'm getting the Colin Robinson thing. Moving yeah. on. Let's let's go to something else because, yeah, we're talking about action figures here. Let's, 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 let's do something else. Let's talk about something else. Okay. <laughs> You didn't send it to me, so I'm Googling Transformers PS1. Yeah, Optimus Prime, PlayStation 1. And, oh my uh, god, I love it. Right, right. He got a little cable on his arm and everything. <laughs> That's it's part- beautiful. That's a it beautiful crossover. Little game discs that you can put inside of them. <laughs> they don't that play or anything. <laughs> Did he consent to that? Oh my god, this is expensive because mm. it's gone. Yeah, yeah. So it, it cost like a hundred at market uh, when it came out, and now, yeah, like you said, yes, it's going for at substantially more. Yeah, that's so, so cool, though. I love that, yeah, and I don't really care about Transformers, but that's really cool. I care very little about Transformers. To me, yeah. to me, Transformers are the coolest action figure. Because they turn into something else. So if you're mm-hmm. a little kid, you want a toy truck, you have a toy truck. But, oh, wait a minute. Now you're in the robots. Guess what? Your truck can turn into a robot. It's amazing. Mm. Anyway, talking about action figures, let's move on. So <laughs> the question popped in my mind. We have, a, we have a child's birthday party coming up, and, and he's at the right age. I wonder if he has a Transformer. That'd be a good idea. Now we're talking. See. A little, but yeah, he's still like Paw Patrol and stuff, but I'm like, hmm, Transformer? Maybe. That's a good age. That's a great yeah. age. That's yeah. a great age. May I remind you, too, that they have produced a a Bowser action figure from the Mario movie that actually breathes vapor like smoke. Um, <laughs> yeah. So if you're looking to get something cool for a kid, that's pretty freaking cool if they're not like, you know, finicky about that sort of thing. No, I think we're getting walkie talkies and then something else. So it might be a, a twofer. So. Ah, that's nice. Anyway. Um, let's talk about something that we both enjoy. And I'm sure many of our listeners enjoy as well. Over the garden wall. Over yeah. the garden wall is currently streaming on max, but it won't be 
in a scant few days because Warner Brothers bullshit. You know how they yep. do. It. So we we got that bad news. Since then, I've heard that uh, it will continue to stream on Hulu, mm-hmm. um, and it's uh, I guess on Amazon Prime as well. This article says that it's on Blu-ray, but you know for a fact that it's going for an astronomical price on Blu-ray right now. Right. I've, I am actively hunting this. If anyone finds it at a decent price, message me on socials or message our social because um, we're trying to find it because that's a very important part of our fall season. So, yes. yeah. Thankfully, it's yeah. still on Hulu right now, but this is some bullshit. I sent you a, a TikTok of somebody um, actually recording it onto a VHS tape, and yes. I thought that was very cute, very cozy. I love it. I thought that was a nice little solution. Uh, the creator of Over the Garden Wall, Patrick McHale, uh, he was blindsided by this news as well. And uh-huh. he took to Twitter to say, uh, coincidentally, I've been fighting the urge to tweet this all day. I hope somebody is out there just ripping and saving all the stuff on all these streaming services mm-hmm. because I'm pretty sure so much of it is going to disappear and become lost media. Yeah. Which it's, it's I, crazy. Yeah. You know? I really like, yeah, I want that. I want the fucking, um, there's a book, an art book for over the garden wall. It goes for like a thousand dollars because it's out of print. Oh my God. Like, yeah. The, there's stuff that like, I'm like, I'm never going to get this because it's gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's why I encourage people, you know, this is, this is something we were just talking about the price of action figures and stuff like that. And I do kind of want to backtrack and just say, if you're really in, in enthusiastic about mm-hmm. something, if it's your hobby, if you're really into it and you have the means by all means, you know, enjoy yourself. Don't, don't let something pass by that you feel like it's never going to come around again. Also, you know, if it's an art book, if it's an album, if it's a movie or something like that, mm-hmm. make sure you enjoy it while you can. I mean, yeah. these past few months have been testament to the fact that stuff's going to just disappear just arbitrarily because of greedy corporations. Over the Garden Wall on Blu-ray right now is going for over $500. That's insane. $500, you know, and D and I are, we're doing it old school. So I don't know what your viewing process is for Over the Garden Wall, mm-hmm. but we do it the way that it aired originally, which is we take two episodes a day and we watch okay. it for uh, a complete like five day stint. So we're like on episode seven and eight. We watch those tonight. And now we have the finale tomorrow. We were, yeah, we were going to watch it soon, but I think we just, um, our friends mentioned something about coming over and watching it like together. So I think we might mm-hmm. do it that way, but I don't know. That's cool. That's cool. Oh man, I'm I'm literally because you brought it up again. I'm looking for it, and this is insane. It is insane. You know, <laughs> we were just talking about that Venture Brothers movie and how people were snatching that up because we just don't trust Warner Brothers. Yeah, you can't trust these these media companies, these conglomerates. Well, you know, <laughs> the same thing happened with. I, I remember um, we talked about this on the show too with. Uh, God, why am I blanking? Gravity Falls. It sold yes. out for a bit and then it did come back in stock. So hopefully that's the case, but you know. Yeah. Nickelodeon seems to have a different value system than Warner Brothers does. So that's that's good, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, ironically, 
I saw announcements being made today, oh, this past week, actually, that they were going to begin putting some of the Disney Plus original shows on um, Blu-ray and, and DVD and everything. Just Mandalorian, um, WandaVision. And I think the first season of Loki are all going to see releases on physical media uh, with exclusive extras and all that stuff, you know? Well, you know, what's funny is that by them doing this, it might even be like a strategy. They, this might make physical media a thing again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just comes full circle. (laughs) Yeah. Which is ironic because, you know, they tried to sell so many of us on buying discless gaming systems Uh and now you're going to have to buy a separate thing to play a disc on. It's, it's, well, you know, most people probably still have their, their last generation consoles too. So it's not that big of a a hurdle to overcome. Right. Yeah. But when you got limited space and shit, sometimes you get rid of things because you, you can't have it anymore, you know? Um, That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I just went through that this past weekend too. Dee and I were doing a little bit of uh, late spring cleaning late because it's, you know, late summer. Um, and we were just cleaning out some, uh, some storage containers and we found a lot of DVDs that at one point were precious to us and, you know, decided to part ways with them because they were That's- viewable on, on streaming and were going for very cheap on eBay. It had to meet both yeah. qualifications. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's basically what I had to do um, when I was clearing out, you know, my things at my dad's place. I put some of it. Um, thankfully my grandparents were able to store some of them, but I donated a lot. I could have tried to go sell them, but I had such a limited amount of time to be able to yeah. do it. And I mm-hmm. just, I just, so Goodwill got like a massive, like the guy at Goodwill was like, what the fuck when we brought it over. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just That's- didn't have a choice. I, I had to just kind of, you know, Go. That's kind of a good feeling too, though. Like you know, sure you can sell it and make a no, couple of bucks. But... It didn't feel good. It felt terrible. No, it was very <laughs> sad. I. It was a very. It was. It was a very um, emotionally taxing thing to have to do because, as we know mm. on the show, I love my physical media, right? And right, right. that was something I shared with my dad as well. So it was just. It was you know another thing it was just another yeah. thing and it sucked yeah everything's kind of raw right now i understand you know yeah but it's um like yeah it's 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 bittersweet for me just because i know that yeah i'm not gonna own this anymore but i also consider i mean i also was like I- yeah i also was like fuck it i'll rebuy it i guess like yeah Especially with some of those DVDs that, you know, you can get for like two bucks or something if you go hunting for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whatever. You know, I, you just have to kind of, sometimes you just have to let things go and move forward. Yeah. It's still not the worst purge that I've had, though. The worst purge that I went through was when I got into church and I got really serious about, uh, you know, staying on the straight and narrow <laughs> and giving my bit. time. <laughs> God. And well, you know, I probably shouldn't have got rid of those Kevin Smith DVDs, especially that original copy of Dogma, the the collected, the special edition. Oh shit. That you can't even find on online anymore. It didn't save you. You did all that and it still didn't save you. 
I mean, to my credit, though, Dogma was a pretty sacrilegious movie. And it was. If you're going to give you know. any movie, that's yeah. probably the one. <laughs> it was a fantastic film. But at the time, yeah, for the, for the mission that I was on, for the journey, for the path that I was taking, <laughs> Dogma did not fit into that. Yeah, that's really funny. So, I mean, lesson learned. I need to watch a movie within the Discord again at some point in the future because that was really fun. I agree. I totally agree. We need to do a fall movie viewing. Might need to ask our our wonderful Discord people uh, what to uh, what to stream there. Um, Get some get some old friends back in there and vote and all that good stuff. All right. Um, Let's see. I had a passing thought, and it's what okay. speed do people listen to our show? And you said they listen on speed. So I don't know what yes. that's supposed to mean. But do anyway. you not listen to podcasts on speed? No. Well, when I edit it sometimes, but not when I go listen to it. For okay, fun. gotcha. Yeah, that okay. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. So <laughs> I actually listen I guess- to like everything on a normal speed. Do people not do that? You know what? Sometimes I do. Sometimes if it's a longer podcast, I'll speed it up a little bit. It depends on the host. It sincerely does depend on the host. Um, okay. Welcome to Night Vale. When I was when I was catching up on that, when I was marathoning that, I listened to it like at one one and a quarter speed, just because you know there's a lot of content there. Um, I know sometimes. Yeah. You know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mark Marin does speak kind of slowly, so I'll speed him up a little bit. But again, depending okay. on the guest, because he matches the guest energy. So if it's somebody who's a fast talker, then he matches that. So yeah. I have to I'm, that is, I'm very curious. Let us know, guys. Do you listen at yeah. a, a different speed or on speed? Don't tell us if or you're on speed. I, I don't. I, mean, I, I can't be responsible for that. I'll keep your secrets, but, you know, just just know that. You probably shouldn't go around telling strangers that. All right. So this kind of falls in the wall of weird. No, we're very ahead of schedule with that. Um, That's okay. This This episode is going to be what it's going to be, guys. It's going to be what it's going to be. This comes from the AV Club family of websites. Jalopnik. Jalopnik. Yeah. yeah, Jalopnik. Jalopnik. Yeah. It says here. Oakley Snick. It's Saturday Night Nick. That's right. Let's see. Can I remember the Saturday Night Nickelodeon lineup? It was Rugrats, Doug, Ren and Stimpy, Are You Afraid of the Dark, Roundhouse, and Clarissa Explains It All. Hot dang. That's your Snick lineup, everybody. Okay. So the story in question. People are already having sex in San Francisco's robo-taxis. The subtitle says- Oh, God. If your next ride has a wet spot on the seat, well, you know why. No, 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 no. Last week, California voted to allow Waymo and Cruise to operate their autonomous taxis anywhere in the city of San Francisco 24-7. Terrible idea. Continue. Previously, they were only allowed to operate in certain neighborhoods on the northwest side of the city between the hours of 10 p.m. and 5 a.m. Since the robo taxis were only allowed, continue. <laughs> since the robo taxis were only allowed to Great operate at night, 
that obviously raises the question of whether or not people have been fucking in them. And the answer is obviously yes. People have absolutely been clapping cheeks in San Francisco's robo-taxis. How do we know this? Last Friday, the San Francisco Standard published an article on the subject after speaking to four people who claim they have gone heels to Jesus in a cruise taxi over the last couple of months. Now, that's one I haven't heard before. Heels to Jesus. I don't think I've heard that either, but that's a good one. Interestingly... While cruise passengers were happy to share their experiences, the standard was unable to find anyone who would admit to bumping uglies in a Waymo. So keep that in mind (laughs) if you plan to try one out next time you're in San Francisco. Why cruise taxis are apparently the go-to for passengers looking to do the horizontal polka, we have no idea. But a Waymo spokesperson told the standard, the vast majority of our riders are respectful and follow our rider rules. One of those rules presumably being that you're not supposed to grab some in and out during your ride. Oh my God. So listeners, if you are so inclined, <laughs> would you hook up in a robo taxi? Let us know. That's just gross. Probably. <laughs> Listen, we're both in relationships where we live with our significant other. There's no shady shenanigans going on where we have to sneak around. You know, um, understanding that passion is a thing that overcomes a lot of young people. Uh, Yeah. If you have somewhere to go. We ain't that young, though, either. We ain't that young. But if you got somewhere to go, you know, that certainty is a lot better than just a random car. That could have a random. I mean, camera. that's there. There, it's voyeurism, right? Like it's the it's sure. the. That's got to be it. The that's robots can't consent, the though. They're gonna they're gonna become sentient at some point, and you guys <laughs> are making them experience things that they might not want to experience. Maybe they like it. Maybe they don't. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna fuck with them until right. we know for sure. They didn't consent to this. If I'm a robot and I have people hooking up inside of me, if if I'm a Megazord <laughs> and the Power Rangers decide to hook up inside of my chest, I'm not going to be fond of that. I'm not a fan. No. No. You all take that to the command no. center. Leave me out of it. Speaking of Let putting Zordon discs watch. inside of inside of a Transformer. <laughs> <laughs> now loading um yeah did you know that alpha five his voice is done by the same guy that does invader zim no but that i mean I, every time i look up like a voice actor i found out they did 20 million things that i didn't realize so that doesn't surprise me at all you know it's intimidating voice acting apparently doesn't pay very well because these voice actors are always working and they're always doing like vastly different work it's amazing. You look at Tara Strong, you know, you look at um you look at Billy West, who does the voice for Fry on Futurama, mm-hmm. and he's done uh fucking Doug, Stimpy. Yeah. The man's been working his whole life and he's not a millionaire. Or maybe he is, I don't know. I don't count his money. But it, hopefully I mean, if well. so, like it's just it's very low compared to like someone who was in front of a camera. You know? Yeah. Yeah. For like unsuccessful shows. Now, of course, you know, we're still in the in the depth of the writers and the actors strike, respectively. 
Um, there have been many meetings uh, that they've talked about between SAG-AFTRA and um, the AMTPA, AMPTA. Yes. I believe yeah, we'll so. say that. Okay. Yeah, there have been continuing talks, but nothing has uh, come to fruition yet. Nobody's willing to budge. Yeah. Bitches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for us on the sidelines, <sighs> you know, just, just keep on stacking up that uh, to-watch list. Just keep on <laughs> figuring out what you're going to do this fall when all your favorite shows are in reruns or animated. Yeah. We started watching Survivor, which I told you about off mic, but You yeah. did. And uh, I yeah, told you like, off mic. Yeah. I told you off mic that Survivor is the crocs of television shows. Yeah, would you like to elaborate on that? <laughs> because everything you said about Crocs on that previous episode, you could absolutely say about Survivor. Survivor okay. is the drive through food. It is the McDonald's of television. And I am surprised, mm-hmm. appalled, gobsmacked, and kerfuffled that you are into it. What got you in? Kayla wanted to watch it. Mm-hmm. And picked a season that she has seen. There's a lot of it she hasn't seen. I said, okay, we'll watch it. Like I'm I was like, cool, whatever. Like you can throw it on. Didn't think I'd get into it. Kind of got into it. Mm-hmm. I've only seen a season, but it was good. Just like I told you, I put on those pair of Crocs. I didn't think I'd get into them, but I did. Now I'll never go back. But no uh, one has to see me watching Survivor. People have to see well, you in Crocs. No, 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 no. This is just the first step. Okay, look, you're going to be watching Survivor. Then it's going to be watch-along parties. Then it's going to be going to like public spaces to do the season finale. Then you're going to be live-tweeting no. it. That's what happens. Trust me. I know people who are in the Big Brother. They're crazy about that shit. It's wild. It's wild how people get into these competition shows. Are you in any other like uh, reality TV shows at all? Have you ever been in any, in any other reality TV? Great British baking show. Mm, when I was a teenager, yeah. I liked So You Think You Can Dance. Okay. Okay. That's that's, that's more the only one I can to, think of. Yeah. 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 I've, I've been into one by association. I've never really watched one on my own volition. Outside yeah, of something that's tied to like wrestling, like Total yeah. Divas, I got into that a little bit. That was a that was a good mm-hmm. one for a minute. Um, but I don't know. You start seeing like, especially when they're produced by the same company, you start seeing yeah. uh, patterns. You know, uh, with the framing, uh, with the editing, and it's just you know. There's um there's a show on Netflix called The Ultimatum, um mm-hmm. that our friend wanted to watch and. Um, her and Kayla watch those shows, those types of shows together. So like, I was kind of like, all right, I'll watch it too. And then like her girlfriend was also like, okay, I'll watch it. And I was like, this, these are the worst people I've ever, ever <laughs> seen in my life. They're, they're fucking awful. So that one was interesting. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, they do get addicted. Like they do, they do a good job with these shows. There's, there's a reason they're successful. It's, yeah. it's drama. It's captivating. It will never be as good as an actual written drama to me, but I get it. Like I get the appeal. And the funny thing is, it is a a written drama, you know. Right, but but it's different, you know. It is like produced and scripted to a degree, 
I don't know how much Survivor is, but these other shows definitely are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But there was a show on, I think it was on like Lifetime or something. I saw like two episodes of it. I think it was called Unreal or something like that. It was a scripted television show. And it was from mm-hmm. this writer of One Tree Hill that I really love. She was like one of the only female writers on uh, One Tree Hill. And she created this show. And it was about this woman who like left reality TV. And it was basically a bachelor type show. And then she's kind of pulled back into it. And it's like, she's like a really fucking, like she's trying to be a good person, but like she's really good at being a producer on this reality TV show. And that's a bad thing. Like being a really shitty person who pushes people in the right way and makes terrible (laughs) things happen for the sake of television. It was, I only, like I said, I only watched a couple episodes of it, but it was fascinating. Just the idea of like, what kind of person do you have to be to be good at that? To be so, good at being like an executive producer of a show like that. Do you remember? <laughs> and I, I'm not expecting you to to add any commentary on this particular um, memory per se, uh, but it's going to bring me to the next point. Um, there was an episode of Boondocks where um, Huey was <laughs> doing an experiment where he decided to watch nothing but BET and see what the uh, what the outcome would be. And he just felt himself like just becoming dumber <laughs> and just in real time. <laughs> yeah, I vaguely remember this. I want to revisit the boondocks, but am I allowed to? <laughs> it was almost like, uh, what was it? Uh, Flowers for Al- Algernon, that movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he just, he was slowly losing his mind. But the reason That's I bring funny. it up is because like I, I went down that path at one point completely independent of that show. And it was funny when I saw that, I'm like, oh, that's kind of what I did. So at one point I, I completely gave myself over to VH1. Their line of oh, reality television, which when included had- yeah. Flavor of Love, um, yeah. you know, Celebrity, uh, what was it? That's the when they had- I love the 90s and all that shit playing too. I watch VH1 all the time because of that stuff. I loved right. those. I still love those. But see, that's where I started to notice the pattern of these shows. That's where I started to notice the editing and the the little storylines they would work into it. And you could see like mm-hmm. a little quick, uh, sneaky audio they would lay over certain moments to make it more, uh, you know, uh, severe. And so they would go back and do a reunion show after the show aired. And by that point, and this is before like Twitter was like really big, of course. By that point, the people who were on the show have been re-watching their exploits, hearing what everybody is ha- has to say to them, gassing them up like, oh, I wouldn't let somebody do that to me. Then on the reunion show, you get even more drama. So it's like they get to double dip the chip. Have you ever seen the the last scene of the show The Hills? I have not. Okay. So The Hills was, you know what that is, right? It's an MTV show. Yes. Of this era. And it, it plays into this as well. That show was, you know, these young people navigating life. I didn't get into it, but young people navigating life. And everyone was like, is it scripted? Is it not scripted? It can't be. It's reality TV. Is it or is it not? <laughs> the series finale of that show, they have this like big scene where like one of the guys is like saying goodbye to the girl type of thing, watching her drive off. Yeah. 
And then this is the last fucking shot of the show. I think this is genius. I think it's like genius television. Television. All of a sudden, the background behind him moves. And it's it's a soundstage. And she gets out of the car like it's no big deal. And it's nothing. And they just hug. And they just go back to whatever. Like, That's fucking crazy. That's great. It's, it's insane. And then they play the theme song. And they're like, that's it. That's the show. It's over. And and you're just like, holy fuck. Like, I, I don't I didn't even watch the show, but I've seen that last minute or whatever. I've seen that's that finale. Cool. And it's mm-hmm. so smart because they just said, Yeah, it was all fake. Yeah, it was all scripted. Like yeah. it, we did do all of this and we had you going the whole time. I think it's I think it's just so clever. Yeah, and it serves two masters. It's it's on one side, it's showing that you know they're really good at pretending, yeah, uh, to to be these characters. And on the other side, it basically absolves them of any like dirty stuff they did during the show that was legit, mm-hmm. because you don't know what was real and what was scripted at that point. I think that's that's kind of brilliant. Yeah, I uh, I'm sending it to you, and you can we'll watch never it. Know. It's like we'll never it's know. literally less than a minute. You don't even have to listen to it, but yeah, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, we're, we're we're never gonna know. While I'm while I'm queuing this up here, I'll just say this: like we'll we'll yeah, never know yeah. exactly how much goes into this process because every yeah. network, every cable station, every streaming service profits off of reality television. Yeah, and we're never gonna get a tell-all from a reputable source until somehow that cash cow runs out and it doesn't look like it's stopping anytime soon. Why? Because Survivor's on its 30th fucking season. So I don't think yeah. we're going to be seeing the end I of could see, I could see a producer of one of these shows writing a tell-all in a few years and that would be really interesting. I think the time for that to happen would have been around the time that they were trying to implicate uh, Trump when the guy yeah. from The Apprentice That's was like, true. yeah, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, we didn't put on the air that you would have to see yeah. that this isn't him and just yeah. be careful. You know, that sort of thing. Like that would have been the time for the tell-all book, for the footage, for the audio. But we got none of that. I think these contracts true. are like locked down and it's as live Yeah, yeah. I didn't think about. I see what you mean. I watched the clip. That is fucking. Yeah, amazing. yeah, yeah. You don't need to. You don't need to hear it or anything. You just need to see it. Like and and know that in the background, it's literally just like it just is the theme song, and then it's kind of like them cheering for him, and that's it. Like it's just that's beautifully shot. Like it's it's so fucking crazy yeah, that they did that, like they, and that's that's it. That's the end of the series. It's great. They gave the guy an out, and well, they gave yeah. the whole cast an out. Basically, it's wonderful. Yeah. Well, to quote the great. Uh, Q-tip, the doors have signs with don't try to rhyme with VH1 has a show you can waste your time with. Mm-hmm. Guilty pleasures take the edge off reality and for a salary, I'd probably do that shit sporadically. Yeah. So we're not above yeah. reality TV. We're just not. <laughs> nope. Definitely not. Definitely not. But um, speaking of television, we lost uh, a couple of um, couple of big names uh, over these past couple of weeks here, one of which was um, featured heavily on a show that you were a big fan of. This is us. Uh, Ron C. Yeah. Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that legitimately upset me. The fact that he yeah. passed away. Um, it made me want to go back and rewatch. This is us. Like, mm-hmm. which I do want to at some point. <sighs> yeah. That's that show. I, 
I I watched the f- like I watched that show with my dad every week. That was a show mm-hmm. with my dad. Um, yeah. And he we watched the finale, the series finale. I waited till he got out of the hospital when he was diagnosed with cancer, oh, and wow. we watched the series finale together. Mm-hmm. Um, so that show is so like special and linked to him to me and it always will be, but it is very much about the cycle of life and yeah. Yeah. Seeing someone pass away who was a part, a big part of that show, who was such a wonderful, beautiful character is, is incredibly sad. He, um, he was born in New Jersey in 1957. Of course, like I said, you know, I'm from this is us, but he also in 2015, it seemed like he was in everything just looking at the list here, he was in Mr. Robot as Romero. He was in that Netflix special called The Get Down, or as a, a miniseries, mm-hmm. rather, yeah. as Winston Kipling. He was in Luke Cage as Bobby Fish. This Is Us, of course, and just many, many other things. Um, you know, of course, he he was on all the cop shows coming up in his career. He was on your Law & Orders, your NYPD Blues, yeah. all like, that sort of thing. I think he's a testament, too, to, like, he was a working actor for so many years, but he really found a lot of success later in his life, later in his career. And I think that anytime we see someone who does well later, who just like is a working actor, but then reaches that level older, like that's, that's a testament to like, just keep going. You never Mm -hmm. know. You never know when your moment will come. He was 66 years old. Apparently, he uh, had a long-standing pulmonary issue that uh, he finally succumbed to. Um, yeah, he even did some work, uh, voice acting work. He, he was a character in uh, Madden 19 and some other things as well. Uh, spent a lot of time in Chicago. So, you know, shout out to Ron Cephas Jones. He's a great man. Yeah. Um, somebody else that we found out about today uh, just before we went on, and it's somebody who I'm I'm a big fan of. I, you know, there's a lot of wrestlers out there who have done some amazing things, who have done a lot of memorable things on and off uh, camera. But Bray Wyatt, he was something else, man. Like he basically took a character uh, of a cult leader. And turned it into something tangible on on wrestling television. So he had this group called the Wyatt Family, and what he did was he built this character as just like this this cult leader who lived in the woods, who had some you know mysterious, maybe supernatural powers that were never really fully fleshed out. But when I tell you that every time he got on the microphone and he had to cut a promo against his opponent and really just sell a match and get people interested in it. He had a way of weaving his words that would almost hypnotize the crowd. And he called them his fireflies, right? So when he would come out to the ring, he would have a lantern in his hand and, you Mm -hmm. know, there'd be smoke all around him and everything. And this slow song um, would be playing and everybody had up their cell phone, uh, you know, flashlights or whatever as his fireflies he was coming out. Yeah. And it was That's just, cool. uh, yeah, it was an amazing, amazing they, act. And uh, so I saw that know, he 
passed away, but like, mm-hmm. do they know what he passed away of? Well, yeah. So his family, his family, um, they have a long history in wrestling as well. They, they, they go back to, um, you know, the, the territory days, um, in the sixties and seventies, his father was, uh, uh, I believe William Rotunda, who was a character IRS who teamed up with a million dollar man. And they, they got a close relationship with, uh, WWE. Um, and they mentioned that he's a, Bray's a very private person, but they finally revealed, uh, the reason why he was seen so sporadically over the past few years is because he was having a hard time battling COVID and. Oh God. His, like I said, his family kept it very close to the vest, uh, you know, because wrestling is a very, a very uh, competitive thing back behind the scenes too. So if you show any type of uh, sickness or any type of uh, instability, or something that they can say, oh, we can't count on this guy. They move on to the next one. So he, he tried to keep it a little close to his vest, but they thought that he finally overcame it. He had a, a match at last year's WrestleMania event, which is their big Super Bowl event. And, uh, yeah. you know, he he had his character. His brother was another character, his real-life brother. Um, and finally, because of his fight with COVID, had weakened his immune system so much, he had a sudden heart attack. And that's what oh led to his passing. So yeah, Jesus. He leaves behind a wife and two children. Like I said, his brother and uh, a legacy that, uh, unfortunately, is we we didn't see fulfilled with the culmination of this this story he was weaving. I mean, he was a big horror movie aficionado too, so he took a lot of things from horror culture and put it into his character and stuff too. Um, one of the other members of his team. Uh, when he was the cult leader character, um, his name was Brody, Brody Lee. And uh, this guy, when he was coming up, he he bore a striking resemblance to Jason Lee, the actor, you know, from Mallrats and everything. Okay. Uh, so he, named, he, he made his wrestling name Brody Lee. Uh, he died of a sudden illness just a couple years ago as well. And so... It's just sad to see uh, these these powerful men falling so early in their life. He was only thirty six years old, thirty six. Yeah, thirty six is. I, I mean, just a few years it's older just, than me, just a few years younger than you. Like that's yeah. insane. It's a drop in the bucket. He had so much more to give, so he'll be missed. Um, <sighs> you know, his coworkers speak very highly of him. His, his friends and his family as well so he will definitely be missed yeah yeah that one hit me kind of hard i mean you know i know these guys have a limited time on earth because they're literally throwing their bodies around the ring and everything like that but for him to have succumbed to something like covid related health issues it's just it's it it makes it even more sad you know yeah i mean it's terrible and that's I, earlier I was like, I messaged you. I was like, we can talk about wrestling on the pop. Like, you know, cause I saw that and I was like, that's terrible. And I'm glad that, you know, yeah, the community yeah, pre- is appreciating yeah. him so much right now. For sure. For sure. I didn't believe it when I saw it at first, first of all, cause it was from, it was on Fox news, you know, um, I wouldn't either. Yeah. Like someone so young. Yeah. Like we've seen Trump's uh, mugshot going around today too. There's been like three different versions of it, so who knows? Mm-hmm. But yeah, 
Yeah, that was that was legit, yeah. unfortunately. So yeah. Hard one to end things on. Yeah, I didn't but, quite know how to move to that before getting to the end. I know. You know? No, it's okay. It's okay. We're you know, we leave space for sad things too. It's okay. Well there was, Hopefully there was one thing I wanted definitely to definitely with his family. Yeah. 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 There there was one thing actually I did <laughs> want to ask, ask you about because we were talking about yeah. um how he was into horror and everything like that. You had a note that said uh horror movies and theaters and I didn't I wanted to know what you meant by that. Oh yeah. Um I must have clicked that one by accident. Uh do you prefer horror movies in theaters? Does it freak you out too much to go see them? Like that's that's kind of what I was thinking about. Because I was thinking about that new movie that everyone's freaking out about, the A twenty four one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, whatever. And how people are saying like, you should see it in theaters and everything. And I was like, I kind of want to see it in theaters, but I don't always go out of my way to go see a horror movie in theaters. Even though I, I like I it. I can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I can agree with that. Like if there's a horror movie that I'm not sold on, that it's just like, Hey, let's, let's throw this on. Then that's fine. I can watch that, you know, at home or whatever. Like, uh, like those yeah, VHS movies, like those definitely, I was just yeah. like, yeah, let's just, let's watch these at home, you know, but something like yeah. get out. I had to see at the theater. I knew that was going to yeah, be like I saw that. an event. And I'm trying to think of what else. Um, it's not really a horror movie. Exactly. It's kind of like a, a sci-fi horror, but Cloverfield, that first one, I'm glad I saw that. Oh at the yeah. Theater. Yeah. yeah. That was a good because one. that that one you you had to pay attention like you had to be looking at the screen the whole time i think to really grasp the gravity of it versus looking down at your phone they also yeah they also built an entire like background to that i remember the viral marketing for that was insane like it was so cool i love that i love that sort of yeah. thing like that that'll bring me to a theater if there's a good viral marketing campaign that literally that was like sincerely that ties was one in, of the first yes. ones that was one of the first ones i remember it being like a whole thing and i was like holy shit this is crazy like sometimes i get chills when viral marketing campaigns cross over into the real world like that you know yeah. um i don't know if you remember this but way way back for one of the halo games they had this um this, uh, what do they call it? An ARG, an alternate reality game called I Love Bees. Mm-hmm. And basically it was, you know, a viral marketing campaign, but it involved a hunt to find this woman who was missing. And the only message she had was I Love Bees. And from there, you had to decipher mm. certain things. Like the URL had a um, had a code in it. Um, there was a, a payphone that you had to go to at a certain time of day to like get oh, a phone crazy. call. And then, you know, you get some more information from that. Like even talking about it now, I get chills a little bit because it was just such a communal thing and people were getting together on forums and stuff like that to figure out all the different clues. And so teams of people will go around the city. Oh, you know what? Dark Knight had one as well. There was one where we had to catch the Batman and we ended up one night on Lower Wacker Drive running around trying to find copies of like the Gotham Gazette or something like that to tell us That's our next funny. clue. That's and it cool. led us to like the, um, it led us to the merchandise mart building in Chicago. And when we all got there, they shined the bat signal on the, uh, on the building. And it was just fucking rad. That's cool. It was a really cool feeling, you know? 
Yeah, but stuff like that will make me want to support your movie. Like that makes me like, okay, you put a lot of thought into that. I've been properly marketed <laughs> to. Let's put my butt in the seat and see what's this all about. And sure enough, I'm usually amused. <laughs> But yeah, that's kind of what I was wondering. I was like, is that something that you actively go see in theaters or is it, and it sounds like you're, you're kind of like a lot of people where it's like, if the movie looks like good and I want to see it in theaters, I will. If not, not really. Have you ever regretted seeing a horror movie in a theater? <laughs> I've regretted seeing lots of movies in theaters. I think. <laughs> Does one come to mind immediately? <laughs> The 2005, I think it was 2005, maybe 2006, uh, Amityville Horror Remake was not good. Mm. Okay, okay. That's one I remember seeing in theaters. Yeah, uh, yeah. I can the say... Omen Remake was not not great. Mm-hmm, I saw that in mm-hmm. theaters. That was a birthday movie for me because it came out like two days before my birthday. Man, that's sad too. Like That's a, that's a birthday movie? That's sad. I can say Beyond that the Shadow movie, of the Doubt. Whatever movie I chose to see around my birthday... There you go. Yeah. Saw two and three. Disappointment. <laughs> oh God. My big one of my biggest ones was Saw uh Saw Three. Because yeah. it was so disgusting. I walked out. I walked out. It was so bad. It was it's so disgusting. bad. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't even a disgusting thing for me. It was just the the story was booty. It was just yeah, garbage. I was I could not get I was with like, it. I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. I haven't watched any of them since. Yeah. I've seen most of them. Like I, I don't think yeah. I've missed any of them actually, and you know I don't what like kept me gross st- stuff. Okay, that's fair. But you know what kept stringing me along for a long time was I wanted uh, Carrie Elwes to finally come back, mm-hmm. and he finally did, and I didn't care anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, there he is. All right, let's let's go do something else now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, horror movies. If it's a great one in the theater, it's a great time because everybody's laughing and screaming along with it. You know, it's a real, um, it's a cool, it's a cool moment. <laughs> if everybody's like equally shocked, I, I, I bring yeah, this like up seeing, all the time. Like you said, get out. It was incredible in theaters. Like seeing that right. in theaters was an experience. Like at, at the end of the movie, when the cops pulled up, I looked at another black man next to me. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh no. And we just shook our heads like, oh, no. <laughs> it was just such a great moment. And I, you just, you can't you can't repeat that. It's just it's wonderful. It was a great movie. Yeah. So, yeah. Horror movies. Gotta love them. Yep. All right. So, well, we're out of steam. We're going to end it here. We are. Thanks I'm for I'm out of steam folks. because I've evaporated. Due to the heat. It's it's later than usual. We started recording later than usual. So also we're tired. Also but we that. love you. And we're happy we to do. be here. And we're happy yeah. you're listening. And we thank you for doing Absolutely. that. And if you've already turned this off to go to bed, I'm not gonna waste my bed. Thank you for listening, folks. I'm Matt Peters. And I'm Lex Lutz. The excellent to each other. Yeah.